The day has finally arrived. Ring the bell, shout it from the mountaintops, let your friends know, let your neighbors know, your friends, your enemies. We are here to celebrate the most special holiday in Grunge Bible podcast history as we are about to kick off episode 69. Ethan, we made it. <laughs> nice. Nice. This is nice. <laughs> this is very nice. Episode 69. This is uh, the Woodstock of Grunge Bible podcast. This is episode 69, 420, 69, nice. All the things you want to say. Everything. Uh, any type of meme. This is this is when we let them out. So yeah, it's all it's all in there. It's all yeah. it's all here today. Um, feels great to finally be here. Um, to be honest, when we started this venture, this was uh, the only um, the only hope of uh, receiving any serotonin from this project was making it to this day, and it's here. I feel yep. great. Yeah. Next will be uh, four twenty, and then we got to get to like nineteen sixty nine, and yeah, nineteen seventy nine for 1979. for Billy. Yeah. Any sixty nine? Yeah. Anything like. Fucking sixty nine ninety six. I don't know. We'll be All the there pal- eventually. Palodrums. Yeah, anytime the number pops up. So yeah, hundred percent. Well, uh, thank you everyone for joining us today. Uh, my name is Chris Salona. As usual, I am here uh, with Ethan Shalloway. And Ethan, um, here we sit, episode sixty nine. Very nice. Uh, how how are you feeling today on this sixty ninth Grunge Bible <laughs> podcast? I feel good. It is uh, midweek. Um, yeah, it's actually raining. I think it's raining outside. It's been pretty yeah. humid here in Alabama. Some storms always roll through mid-afternoon, so um, we're doing well. I just got back to uh, just got back from Pennsylvania. I was there for yeah, comp- last competition of the season. Saw some family, um, and it was a really really great weekend. Felt very supported in what I'm doing. You know, I got to see some uh, see my niece, see some friends, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, good a good recharge. Um, come back for the final stretch here. I think I'm going to go home for August, Pennsylvania, that is, and you know, work there, live there for like a month um, Nice. before we come back here and kick it up in the fall. So, yeah, I, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, it's a time of – this is the time of change. Sometimes, sometimes summers can be uh, a little overwhelming because it seems like the natural time where you got to like say, you know, leases end, you know, for us seasons end. It's hard to keep your end, feet on things, the ground. Yeah, it's the beginning. Like people are all on vacation, so people are away. It's right before you had to kick things back in high gear. So I think that uh, we're in the middle of that. Yeah. It's getting a little closer. You just have like you know, it's after July fourth. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm feeling good. How how are you doing today? Uh, I'm I'm pretty good. I've been exhausted as I usually am during the summertime, uh, but things things have all been good. Uh, you know, seeing friends, going to weddings, going to rock concerts. Um, also, a quick editorial note: um, in the parlance of our times, it can be uh very important and also um you kind of have to do certain things to increase your engagement here in the podcasting world and in social media and uh for those listening and not watching um we're going uh we're going shirtless uh no <laughs> no shoes no shirt but you know we're still uh, we're still here so uh if that's your thing uh, you're going to want to navigate <laughs> over <laughs> on over to YouTube here um but yeah. if that's not your thing I mean we'll probably get a takedown from YouTube or something uh for for what's going on here but um that's important to note um I don't know why we're doing this it's it's hot um and Well you have to turn up we have to turn off our air yeah, to, we uh, suffer to bring this product to you all. Yeah, I'm sure we've we've talked about it. Chris has talked about it because his apartment. I fucking gets hate extra- the summertime. No matter if, of this. if he's turning off his heat or if he's turning off his, you know, the AC. Yeah, you're always it too goes hot or to the too other, cold. It goes to the other extreme. So at least this time, um, you know, you have a safety net of not wearing a shirt. So 
And here it was we are. A good idea. It was a good idea. I'm glad it feels we're doing good. It. I'm, I'm embracing. We should do this more often. Maybe we will. The only way you can see it is on YouTube. So <laughs> you're not allowed to wear a shirt on the Grunge Bible podcast from this point forward. That's um, hilarious. But, yeah. Otherwise, um, I really can't complain. Um, I like living a little fast in the summer and, and seeing some friends and traveling a little bit, day trips and, and and the like and whatnot. So I'm sticking to that script and um, you know enjoying myself. I, I shaved my mustache off though. Uh, it, it lasted for about two months and now, now we're gone, but clean slate on the face. Uh, the hair is yeah. getting a little longer. I'm, I think I've gone like three months, no cut so far. So we'll see. Ironically, I also shaved my mustache without consulting with Parallel the trains. We're just, we're straight, straight razor feeling good. Just clean cut today. Um, nice and close I guess, to the bone. I guess we mean business for this 69th episode. I guess it makes sense that we don't, we're not wearing shirts yeah, for I mean, this episode. We've done this too. 69 times and, uh. We have our trusty um, sidekicks here. We absolutely uh, do. It's our very producers. Important. Yeah. So and, today. Um, yeah. I was going to say, today. so today for today's episode, we're going to talk about the summer of 69. Not just the song. I got but, my first real six string. <laughs> that's right. Not just the song, but um, an incredible year of music. Um, a lot of amazing albums yeah. came we're out. Gonna be, we're going to be talking all things 69 yeah. today. A lot of music came out. Obviously, Woodstock. Well, maybe, you got birthdays. maybe not all things, but <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe. we'll see. We'll cut. see where the show goes, man. That's maybe yeah. Maybe in the extended cut. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for the the patrons only. <laughs> and speaking of which, um, Ethan, with with a podcast, um, you know, there's there's a couple of important questions that we have to answer when it comes to podcasting. And the first one would be, who are you representing? <laughs> and, and the second one would be. Who's funding this? And, Who's and both funding of, all of this? Yeah, and, and and who are we representing? That's an easy one to answer. We represent ourselves, but we also represent the people. We like to think of ourselves as being people of the people. And, uh, you know, we have the pulse of pulse of the people here. And, you know, that's, that's what we try to do. And sometimes who's funding this can be a difficult question to answer, yes. um, especially in this day and age. As, as we said, we had to rip off the shirts to try to boost up boost up the youtube page a little bit so we're, we're trying trying to pull some funding here and there but uh for a long time now that question has been made a little bit easier to answer who's funding this whole thing absolutely is because we have we have a league behind us of uh of people that we like to call the patrons of crunch bible community you know there's not a lot of things that you own completely by yourself, and this thing and the, called the Grunge Bible Podcast is one of those. We don't own this completely by ourselves, Chris. There no. is a bunch of people that have equal share. Well, you know, there's three tiers of of share levels that they you do can have, have a percentage. It's like the Green Bay Packers. You can own <laughs> yeah. you can own a piece of it. All right now, yeah, exactly. And it um, we have a two dollar, five dollar, and ten dollar tier. So some people own a little bit more. Um, but yeah, we have. Um, Shoot, we got like I think total of like fifty three. Yeah, we're we're doing pretty well, and and also especially for this sixty ninth episode, we have a new member of the top tier, and um, this person I've been communicating with, and they waited, they waited until this episode so they could be announced as a new patron on this episode, and um, this person would like to be known. Um, I guess a fact about them is that their name on Patreon for the rest of time or until they pull their membership is. Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, and mm. I'm right there with you. He's gotten me through um, all of my divorces, all of my love triangles, all of my unrequited loves, uh, you name it, uh, all the situationships. Eddie's been right there with me. So Eddie Vedder got you through your second divorce. Uh, he'll probably get you through your third and your fourth, um, and he's right there with us. He's walking alongside of us. Yeah, and it makes sense that 
Um, if he played such a big role in your life, then why not pay tribute by supporting the Grunge Bible podcast? Because I guess we keep the music in the faces. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, the people that support us would listen to it any listen to the music anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm almost I'm certain that <laughs> it's is only true. because of us. Ethan. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving ourselves a lot too. Uh, too hey, much we, we've earned here. it. We've done this 69 times. Like that's. That's something to that's something to be of note, and uh, you know we thank everyone for their support. So Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce. Um, thank you. I'm I'm glad he got you through that, and uh, you are joining the following list of individuals who are supporting us at the top tier, uh, and you you all are the answer to the question who is funding us, and uh, those individuals that comprise that top tier: uh, Shoe the Shoeless, I Hate Your Mom, Kitty Cooper, Brother Nature, Kara Kay, The Blue Owl. Carlene Salona, my mother, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tendonitis, our number one fan from Australia, Wayne Staley, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, Jamie Lynn, Release Millie, Alexis Shannon, Kayla Jean, Sonny Mashburn, Chris LSMS, Laura Nyreen, Sue, Nikki Six, Marianne, Jade Mercado, Doug Endy, Black Hole Sean, Captain Hightop, Darian Riddle, Alex Long, Rachel Corning, and Fuck Soup. So to all out there... All of those past, present, and future, we thank you for your contributions to this Grunge Bible podcast, and I'm hope I'm glad that we're able to sit here today and celebrate 69 episodes of the Grunge Bible podcast. It feels very nice. It is nice, in fact. Super nice. Um, it's just just a nice thing. Ah, uh, yeah, that is awesome. Uh, thank you for reading those names each week. Um, if yeah, you'd like welcome. to be a part of the, you know, the names that are being said on the podcast, very easy. Go ahead, get your credit card out, and just uh, you know make the the decision to support us. Yeah, it's really simple. And I mean, even even if you hate us, you have the opportunity. We'll say whatever you you make us say. I mean, if right. you you come on here and you say you know fuck you, Ethan, that I have to say that, or you know I have to make a disparaging comment about myself, I'll do it. I'll I'll do it. I mean, clearly yeah. we're selling out here. The shirts are off. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not really much else we can do. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that maybe you're listening for the first time. And you're like, please get to the episode. But yeah, uh, I, I hate I hate that shit when sometimes people are we like, banter. And yeah. we'll get some comments on YouTube sometimes. Like we've had a couple of episodes get a little bit of traction. Usually like the anniversaries and the albums, and someone will comment and be like, skip ahead to eleven thirteen in the episode if you want to get past all the bullshit. You know what? Fuck that. It's not. <laughs> That's if you right. don't like it. It's not for you. But there's we make this we make this for the people, the people that are here for it. And that's, that's what right. we're here for. And yeah, and for ourselves. And if we want to, if we want to shoot the shit a little bit and over over talk about why we yeah. have our shirts off, then so be it. Yeah, this is our show. Yeah, it's our show. Um, with that being said, we can get to the meat and potatoes now. So yeah, I, I think <laughs> so for we the, should. For the for the commenters, you know, you're gonna have to go eight minutes in before. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that. We'll 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 put a put a little thumbnail a in there. You can stamp, click yeah. on that and, and teleport to this moment in time as we talk about 1969. As we talk about 69 and all things musically related to that number. And Ethan, 1969, um, our genre is kind of a sweet spot for that year because a, there's a lot of individuals that were contemporary, you know, in their 20s and 30s in the 1990s that were making music and they're still making music today uh, that were born in that year. Um, I think there's always certain years in music, uh, particularly, that kind of stick out. Um, 1969, obviously, 1991, 92, um, 2005, obviously, for all the right reasons. Um, you know, there's there's just some some years that have more staying power than others. And 1969 is certainly one of them. I mean, there were a lot of really fantastic musicians and creators that came into this world. And um, 
Just to name a few of them, this is the year 1969. Dave Grohl came in, came onto this earth yes, on sir. January 14th, 1969, and that is a lot of reason to celebrate. Obviously, um, I mean that's you can't really start anywhere else. No, I mean yeah, looking, there's some really big names on this and other genres, but to have one of our our own, one of the you know you know center the cornerstones to obviously Nirvana, Foo Fighters, and and the other projects he's been involved in. Um, it's pretty special. So retroactive, happy birthday to Dave Grohl. I think at 53, right? 53 years old. Your math is correct. I believe it is. My math is correct. So um, that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. I was super happy to, when we were looking, when I was looking through the list to see that he was, you know, starting off the, start the show off and say happy birthday to Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's uh, pretty great. 19th, and he, he shares, he shares episode. this year with a lot of, uh, a lot of notable people. Elliot Smith was born in 1969 mm-hmm. um, on August the 6th, so we'll be able to celebrate that in a couple of weeks. Uh, miss him a lot, his music. Um, right. I went through a really big Elliot Smith phase um, a couple of years ago, and, and my segue into him was the movie Goodwill Good Hunting, Will Hunting, which is yes. uh, on my body forever right here. I have a Goodwill Hunting tattoo on the chest. Um, a little confusing with the reversed image here on the... Uh, uh, I forgot I forgot which side the tattoo was on. Um <laughs> He's super important, uh, and I'd love to do an episode on him at some point. Um, otherwise, Jack Black is a 69er. He's JB. a tried and true on August 28th, 1969. Um, Gwen Stefani as well, coming into this world October the 3rd, 1969. Um, Jay-Z, December yeah. 4th, 1969. I, I don't know much about his music. I'm not a connoisseur, but he's inescapable, obviously, in every single facet of modern pop culture, including... Uh, uh, sports uh, sports agency. He's uh, he's doing a lot of different things there. Um, who who else who else did you see on this list that you want to uh, make it known to the world that they're a confirmed yeah. 1969er? I mean, in the I would say in the hip hop and pop uh, genre. I mean, J, uh, you said Jay Z, uh, P Diddy, Puff Daddy, yep. Ice Ice Cube, yeah, um, MC Ren. He was he was he was a 69er. Uh, who else was there? Was somebody else? Oh, and then J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez. Really? Yeah, wow, she, I did not she, know that. She was on there uh, January 24th. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got to bring up, there's Patrick Wilson, uh, the drummer for Weezer. <laughs> That's <And> very then, <laughs> important. Very important. And then uh, and then Buckethead, I saw, was on the really? list, too. Wow. Yeah, Brian Carroll, uh, Buckethead. So That's I think some cool. he has a very, you know, a niche, fo- a niche following. Yeah. Um, I, I just remember so. him from Guitar Hero. He was one of, oh, the, yeah. one of the early level uh, early level bosses or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's um, no slash, but I mean, yeah, we, not, we know we not, know that we know that. Slash. Um, additionally, October third, nineteen sixty nine, Gwen Stefani was born, and um, no doubt Gwen Stefani will hold a special place in all of our hearts. I feel like a lot of people who grew up in the nineteen nineties uh, uh, yeah. liked Gwen very much. Uh, no doubt, well, just a girl. So much she got she brought her up twice. Exactly. Did I did I mention her twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah. shit! You already said happy birthday to her. Wow. Well, she gets she gets two happy birthdays. Yeah. But then. You, you know, yeah. Ben Harper was also Ben uh, Harper. Totally. Yeah. Rich Robinson, the uh, guitarist for the Black Crows, um, oh, born nice. on May twenty fourth, nineteen sixty nine, and uh, as we know, I love the Black Crows. Also, uh, Tiesto was born, the godfather of EDM. So he's from the Netherlands. I have no he idea t- who that is. Yeah, you do. You know who Tiesto is. He is a big like. If you don't, you don't. You may not know him, but like, it's like I mean, a he it's is, like a Skrillex thing or EDM. I and mean, he's like he probably is like Avicii's. You know the person. He's like Avicii's father. You the know, forefather. Yeah. Yeah. Like he is EDM 
before like it's like what stevie ray vaughn is to every blues guitarist this is what this individual is to every edm yeah, music you, composer like i said you know you know who tiesto is you just playing possum you just have you just can't figure it <laughs> well, out clearly, clearly i don't know what the hell's going on since i forgot that i already mentioned gwen stefani yeah. um so and then also marilyn manson was also born right in the beginning of the year yeah, yeah we don't we don't we don't like him very much these days apparently he's a huge piece of shit <laughs> Probably. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of people. A lot of out people. A lot of people. Are, a yeah. lot of people are. That, a that's of, a, a lot of that's, are a, that's a difficult thing. Um, I struggle a lot of times with people. It it becomes known to the general public that certain people are pieces of shit, and the relationship that I have with these people's music, it's it's always it's tough because I always I feel bad listening right. to it, knowing knowing the bad things that they've done. And I mean, there's an endless list of people like that. But it's right. yeah, it's. It's hard. It's hard sometimes, you know. I don't really know where where to fall for that. Yeah, it is really weird. They definitely. There's an old saying that says, "Never meet your idols." Where yeah. like, just like when you, you don't meet, meet when your you, heroes. Yeah, you never meet your heroes, and that's a weird. It's so that is so difficult to think about. Of like, you you want to to have an experience. If you were to go meet somebody and realize that they're not who you thought they were, yeah. who is though? No, I feel like if people met us, we wouldn't be who who they thought we were. I hope that's not the case. I hope we're. Ex- I hope we're just we're, not uh, that interesting. That's the thing. I mean, we haven't, you know, nah. done heinous things. I, I don't think so. No, no, yeah. At least we, we don't have a bad rap sheet or anything like that. But always be worse. Anyway, so that's a pretty stout list for this. Is a, this, is a, this is a good year for birth. I know. I know in the grunge sphere, nineteen sixty six is a, in sixty seven. Those are big years as well. But obviously, nineteen sixty nine. If no one else, if if there was only one person born in nineteen sixty nine and it was Dave Grohl. Uh, you know, I'd I'd be okay with that for sure. Right. Yeah, but even there's like I said, I mean, Jay Z is huge for his industry. I mean, Jay oh, totally. There's like, the, you know, there'd be a good argument for who is the most influential person. I mean, Tiesto, dude. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, <laughs> it's news to me. But apparently, I I do know him. I'm just lying right now. So and it's hard it's to tell. Pretty, sometimes. It is a pretty cool list. Um. So yeah. And and speaking of this year, it's uh, you can't mention. 1969 the summer of 69 without talking about woodstock and um obviously that i mean in terms of rock music or you know modern modern music i mean you can't really you'd be hard pressed to find a more significant more important um event than than woodstock and um yeah i mean it is yeah maybe woodstock 99 that's (laughs) well yeah i mean that's that's a close uh definitely i mean mean, biscuit and creed were out there but i mean the 1969 the the original the og kicked um, off the festival yeah i mean there's so many iconic moments um that you can think of i mean obviously jimmy with the star spangled banner um jefferson airplanes set from that day uh the fun fact about them they were supposed to play on one of the nights but everything just got pushed back because it wasn't organized in the best way possible and they ended up having to wait like nine hours to play so instead of playing like a like a 10 p.m set they played at like 6 30 in the morning the following day while everybody was waking up or still you know still going on from the night and i'm sure that they had some uh um some different things that they went to while they were waiting to uh you know bring them to a different place and a more energized place but i mean grace slick her voice i, I put her voice up against anybody's from that era um, and, you know, their performances of Volunteers and Somebody to Love and White Rabbit and everything from that day. Um, I always think about that a lot. Canned Heat delivered a blistering set. Yeah. Love Canned Heat. Going up the country, can't really. Yeah. It's like the official anthem of the and summer then, of 69. Just like, I mean, when you watch the videos, 
of like the flyovers and like the actual area and how the cars are just you know it looks like somebody just took a box of you know match you know set of matchbox cars and just threw them down mm-hmm. and it just lined up you know and it just and they're everywhere and there's cars everywhere and it's just so many people in, in the area coming in and it is incredible it's really incredible that so many people showed yeah. up for it's really impressive this weekend to be, just like Virtually every single important act at the time was there, um, yeah, the or band. they were trying yeah. to get there. I mean, they were they were all there, and um, I mean, Janis Joplin's set was Joplin. incredible. The band, as as I believe you just mentioned, absolutely incredible. Uh, hell of a version of "I Shall Be Released" that they played there. Uh, I mean, Hendrix, obviously, Richie Haven, Santana. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on for this day. And um, you know, it's 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 one of those that. I always forget about people that they played just because it was so long and so many people were there. But um, every every like 12 to 18 months, I would say I, I go into like a little bit of a Woodstock phase where I'll read about it again and I'll watch some videos again. And oh, my God, even Joe Cocker. I mean, his set. I, I yep. love Joe Cocker and his performance, uh, you know, with a little help from my friends. And um, I shall be released. I think that was the song that he closed his set with. I mean, so many so many bellwether events of like, if that was the only part of the show that actually happened, it would still be significant. But the fact that it was just like one after another, after another on this stage in the middle of nowhere in New York state. Um, I mean, really, really special. And it's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously in, in, in the ensuing years, that magic was attempted to be recreated. And, uh, you know, it never, it, you can't recapture the original. Uh, and mm-hmm. I know that they made an aborted attempt to do a, uh, 50th anniversary of it in uh, in 2019, but that fell right. apart. But there were some big acts that were supposed to be on that label. But I think it's one of those things you, you can't even try to try to recreate it or commemorate it by having another show. Um, you know, too many years have gone by, and I, I think music is just different now. And um, obviously, when you look back, everything feels a little bit more innocent. But just the fact that it just came together haphazardly and and it happened, and it was free to go to. I mean, that's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's really mind blowing. Um, because it hasn't been recreated, and I don't think that it's possible in a yeah. lot of ways. Um, yeah, it's if so. What What do you think it would be like? Like, do you think that if it was going on right now, it's so hard to say because it was kind of the first. But like, would, how far would you if you heard it was going on in you know New York State, and you had to drive like six hours or something like that, or like how would I wonder what it would have been like to be there. You know, I yeah. like, I just think like what people did to, there's probably stories, you know, like I miss, I almost went, but I didn't because it was four hours. Oh, so, you know, uh, or, and then or other... you almost went, but you couldn't get down the road. You know, yeah. it's like you're either had to walk 40 miles to get there or you were shit out of luck. And exactly. I, I wonder, I wonder, like, for I wonder what were... I would have done. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, me too. Would I have gone? Yeah. And I, I wonder too, like at what point during, during the, during the weekend, did people really kind of begin to grasp the enormity of it if they did it at all? Because like all, like most momentous occasions in music, I mean, you, when do you know, there's gotta be a point where you realize that like, this is one that's going to be remembered. I mean, even, even in the, in the grunge genre, I mean, Pearl Jam at Pink Pop in 1992 is, is one of the more, their most enduring performances. You know, at what point um, during that performance do do the musicians realize and, and, and do the fans realize that, you know, this, this, this one's going to matter. And this is one that they're going to talk about. Um, I mean, case in point, just the fact that they, you know, they tried to do a big 50th anniversary and everybody knows about Woodstock, regardless of what music genre you are the biggest fan of. I mean, 
Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to think about, but I think after something like that's happened, there's a reason why, you know, you remember it. And, and that's the same reason why you can't do it again. You get one. You get one shot. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I wish, I, 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 there's a part of me that would have been really cool, of course, to be alive during that time. But we have, I guess we have our own experiences that take the place of that. So, yeah. And, and in terms of, in terms of just beyond even just, Woodstock itself. I mean, that year for music, I think the only parallel that it has in the genre that we spent a lot of time talking about being grunge, obviously, is 1991 when all of those albums were coming out. And yeah. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of, of great records that came out in 1991. And the same could be said uh, for 1969. I mean, like so many right. of these bands that were, you know, at that the top just... of the world, um, you know, released some of their 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 greatest albums and, and some bands that had just burst onto the scene during that year. Um, I just can't believe how competitive the music scene must have been then. Um, and, and you think about all of those bands that were active at the time releasing music. I mean, you got the Stones, the Beatles, you have you have Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Neil Young himself, the Led who? Zeppelin bursting on the scene. You've got you've got everybody. Bob Dylan still in mm-hmm. his classic era. Um, I mean, there was really something for everybody out there. And um, I think, you know, we can just kind of go through, are there any albums that came out that year that kind of stick out for you or, or you really appreciate or, you know, you kind of find yourself going to a lot because there's certainly, there's there's well, a yeah. lot of them that came out. I think I think a good place to start would be Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Um, so Zeppelin, I think, so fun fact, crazy fact is they've released their first four albums in a span of three years from 69 to 72, yeah. I believe. So yeah. there's, you know, Led Zeppelin 1 and 2 both came out in 69, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty unreal because, you know, those two albums had Good Times, Bad Times, You Shook Me, Dazed and Confused, were all off of Led Zeppelin 1. And then Zeppelin 2 was like Whole Lot of Love and Moby Dick, which I love because that's a really obviously killer killer drum solo but like you know just the the idea of like releasing four albums and like the you know really influential albums too in a small amount of time is you know that usually people milk it nowadays too you know for a lot of reasons and i'm pretty sure the first one came out of like you know they were touring they toured in i think in 68 like they toured before they released the albums i don't know just a lot of music coming out at once by them which is awesome yeah and 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 we're we're obviously not the um the most well-read to to provide the most informed opinion but it seemed the industry at that time was certainly different as you said i mean they're just churning records out you know record after record after record i mean there's there's some artists out there that released like in, in a given decade, they'll, they'll have released, you know, 15 or 20 albums right. in the span of 10 years, which is just absolutely unfathomable because, you know, especially now, as you said, I mean, I would say the average now is what, three years, two years in between albums. And that's, that's kind of frequent too. You know, if you're releasing an album every other year, that's a lot to ask because yeah. like you said, you're on the road and you also have to have time to write songs, record them, master them because we all know that's very important well, and get them out. And you and when you look up these albums, like everything has been remastered in like oh five or remastered in mm-hmm. you know. So I think that probably has something to do with it though, because it was a little bit easier to probably cut a record because you know the production was different. I mean, it was yeah probably more one takes and you know more just kind of getting it, you know, getting it together and 
just doing a good job together and sending it off. I think yeah. they're probably well, there, less there were less critical. possibilities with what you could do technologically, yeah, obviously. Exactly. Because, I mean, Pro Tools did not exist then. And com- <laughs> no star, computer, star computers. Fish, Pro Tools or something. <laughs> yeah, no, none of that shit existed. But, I mean, I, I'm just thinking about some of these records. I mean, the Stones released Let It Bleed um, on yeah, December one, the 5th, 1969. This one has one of my, my favorite Stones song. As Does the, it? Yep. Uh, Gimme Shelter is the uh, opening song of that album. Yeah. Actually, it's great. Gimme Shelter. And then the last song on the album is Can't Always Get What You Want. Mm-hmm. And uh, great bookends to an awesome album. Yeah. And I, but Gimme Shelter is my favorite song because when I grew up, my dad would listen to it if it ever came on. He's not a Stones fan, but he said, I'll mm. listen to this song because uh, the chorus says, you know, it's just a shout away. And when, he's, when they sing it, it sounds like it says, we're just a shallow way, which is my last name. Oh, it'll so call it your sound, last name. So it sounds like the Stones are singing on my last name. It's just mm-hmm. a shallow way, just a shallow way. So, you know, the Stones are singing about the shallow yeah. ways before I mean, we and were. That, and that's we real. I mean, um, uh, Mary Clayton, who's yep. the, uh, the 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 female vocalist who incredible. provided, absolutely is just absolutely incredible. incredible. And and there's such a great story. There's a really good YouTube video of her kind of recounting the story of I've that. Seen it, yeah. She was heavily pregnant at the time, and she gets a call in the middle of the night. That, you know, these guys from across the pond are, are, are you know, they need they need a woman to sing. And, and she just goes in and, and blows them away. And if you hear the um, if you kind of hear the isolated vocal tracks, I mean, she's she's taking her, her lines for a run there and she's just blowing everybody away. You can you can hear the rest of the stones kind of shouting in satisfaction, you know, when she when she's hitting those high notes. And I mean. It came in the last year of the decade, but I mean, out of the vocal performances from that decade, I mean, that's got to be up there. It's yeah, absolutely incredible. And her and I voice think is like cracking, and there's so much yeah. emotion involved in yeah. what she's singing about and stuff. And it is mm-hmm. pretty. I, I've seen that video, and it's it's yeah. really awesome to watch. Yeah, I, I get I'm, chills I, thinking about. Oh yeah, that. I got you know, teared. I got show teared up, up a and, little bit. Yeah, 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 really, really powerful. And that and that record too. It it also has. Um, uh, love in vain and it's it's got let it bleed uh midnight rambler which is a great kind of bluesy song which i'm i'm certainly partial to but i mean that is obviously you can make the case that that's one of one of their best albums um i i, I kind of stones um, fan in general I, I like the stones a lot i i go through phases uh my favorite stones album it's got to be sticky fingers um one of the best band names ever oh yeah the Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Yeah. Like, they just you know. celebrated very recently their yeah. 60th year. I guess they they played their first show or something 60 years ago, like last week. So, um, you know, that's a it's a um, long time. Yeah, they're still playing, right? <laughs> oh, they're still playing. Yeah, Char- Charlie Watts passed away. I think right. end of last year, beginning of this year. But they still they still play. I've I've never seen them. Um, I would I'd like to. I've had opportunities to. <laughs> oh, you don't you're nah. not buying anything, huh? <laughs> no, I'm not. I don't think. I think I'm gonna go to the grave not seeing the Stones. I mean, yeah. nah, nah, but they are legendary and they have a special place. But I don't know. You want to go? You want to go see them? See? I mean, I can't sit here and say that yes, it's a priority of mine because I've had opportunities to and I just haven't pulled the trigger on it. So, I mean, I, I'd like to think that I would like to see them, but uh, you know, life, life's busy and everything has a cost and time and money yeah. and. Uh, you know, I certainly would have liked to see them back then. That's for damn sure. So if we're talking about the Stones, it means we need to talk about the Beatles. So let me. We do me, need to talk about the Beatles. Ahead, let me put on my. Let me put on a face real quick, um, so I can talk about how good this uh, this album is. <laughs> now, we, you guys know that we give the Beatles a lot of shit. Um, 
So Beatles came out with Abbey Road in 1969, yeah. um, you know, come together. And one of probably the most, I don't know, whenever I watched like uh, American Idol, people would, everybody would cover Here Comes the Sun. It's like the most like sing song or uh, sing song like yeah tune they, they that you fucking can love find. that song yeah. yeah they love that and and for some reason you know i it's not as bad it's not as bad as um the weezer song fucking i can't even i'm not even, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it uh yeah that weezer song Every, everybody the knows sun. The what the hell about. what the hell is it called the oh my gosh anyway what do you think about here comes the sun because <laughs> i mean all i want to know is is how come how come here's here comes the sun and come together are the enduring songs from that record and not something like octopus's garden or even mean mr mustard i mean i'll give i will give the beatles that their song titles and oh it's great incredible stuff oh island in the sun is the weezer song and that song sun. i actually hate the most okay i don't know even, why even more than here comes the sun yeah, wow. if I had to pick a song with "Sun" in the title, I'll, I'll pick yeah. the Beatles over that. No, I mean, come, yeah, come together. When, what was it, Mister Octopus? Is that what you said? Yeah, Octopus's Garden. Oh, Octopus's Garden. Such a great, such a great song because I love the Beatles so much. Um, but I mean, you can't, you can't talk about this era, you know, unfortunately, without without, without talking <laughs> about the Beatles. And and I know we we've talked about this off camera, but. Every single time we have somebody on this podcast, if we have a musician or or a music person on and we talk about their influences and what their favorites, favorite artists were and how they got into music, I think I think we're like eight for eight with everybody mentioning the Beatles. And and I don't know, it just it wasn't it for me. Yeah, no. I know. I, I chuckle and inside and kind of look at you whenever somebody brings it up, because I know that they don't know that we've slandered the Beatles once or twice on yeah. camera, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough to listen to the Beatles. Like all, same time, the band coming out, with, you know, their yeah, they're, self-titled, self-titled album, and the night, you know, the night they drove old, old Dixie down mm-hmm. up Cripple Creek, um, up on Cripple Creek. So like, you know, what an album! What an album that is. I mean, that that's one of my favorite kind of. Uh, bands to listen to on the road, obviously as well. Yeah, we talked the, about the this band. Last the band week. makes great road music, great waltz, summer yeah. music too. Certainly, I would absolutely um, agree. Um, I have a soft spot for Neil Young, and uh, everybody knows this is nowhere was released there. Uh, Cowgirl in the Sand, Cinnamon Girl, um, which is one of my favorites. Um, it's a great, great kind of precursor to grunge in a way. It's got that kind of fuzzy guitar, and everybody talks about Neil Young being the godfather of grunge. And I think especially you know, anything that he did with Crazy Horse. Um, you know, that was such a special combination of, of, you know, taking somebody that could really do both sides of the coin and Neil Young with, uh, with, you know, slower acoustic stuff, just him, uh, you know, and then when he would get together with the crazy horse and, and really blow you away, um, you know, that's kind of, um, one of the first iterations of that, you know, their work on that record, uh, down by the river, for example. Um, I mean, there's just so many, so many good songs that they were creating around that time. And, uh, you know that's that's certainly one of one of those records from Neil Young that obviously endures. Um, you know, growing up, I always associated Neil Young with Bob Dylan um, as yeah, kind also. of like two yeah. standard bearers from that era. And Nashville Skyline was released, uh, mm-hmm. Bob Dylan's record, um, in 1969. Um, Johnny Cash's duet uh, with him uh, uh, for the song "Girl from the North Country," which he actually released earlier on in the decade. Um, I'm preferential to the earlier one that he released in the early '60s, but I love Johnny Cash. 
Uh, you know, he's got that deep, deep voice when he takes that second verse in, on that recording of it is uh, certainly a favorite of mine. And um, it's Bob Dylan. I mean, what, what can yeah. you say? Somebody that's somebody Pretty who I'm not not uh, <laughs> not not looking forward to seeing. And I don't have plans to see, as I'm right. sure I've mentioned before. Um, I'll just that's why you have YouTube. Other bands that I know that, you, that we've been public to say we don't love is the who the who released tommy in 69 which pinball wizard i actually loved that song when i was younger that I was on that it song. what <laughs> <Is it ridiculous? laughs> I, I do not like that song <laughs> oh man no. i don't know yeah i mean the who like they're they're very they have their place um in, yeah, in they history do. in history and and you know sometimes you can listen to i understand i understand i guess the the take on them is we you know we're just tired of them um yeah. but they for a time, I really did. I did like listening to the Who. That was kind of yeah. The, was there was a time the, where Who's Next was one of my favorite albums. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Won't Get Fooled Again, Baba O'Reilly, obviously. I and I love those songs, uh, but it's just you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't pay money to see them now. Uh, a band that lately I've started to get into a little bit more, and I've really started to develop my appreciation for them. I'm a little late to the party. Uh, Velvet Underground. They released mm-hmm. their self titled. Um, yeah. During that era, and just like the caliber of musicians that they had then, I mean, obviously Lou Reed was in there, and um, I mean he was one of one of the greatest, you know, from the latter half of the 20th century, certainly. And and um, yeah, I've always I've always kind of casually appreciated them, but I'm I'm starting right. to get more and more into their music. And um, right, really, I, mean, just, I saw that album, and I was thinking about you. You brought that up at, at yeah. least last well, it's week. Well, funny because like with and... the Velvet Underground, like they're almost more of an institution and an entity right. more than a band. I mean, they had they had a lot going on, and 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 their music is just it's big. You know, it's it's kind of you you need to you need to devote some attention to to the Velvet Underground when you listen. Um, additionally, uh, David Bowie's Space Oddity Space came Oddity, out, yep. and um, Bowie is uh, un- admittedly for me a huge blind spot. I- I've not really taken much time. Uh, outside of the hits to get into uh, into David Bowie. What what about you? I feel like you know Bowie a little bit better than I do. Yeah, I I, I got into him when he when he passed. I I did my round and yeah. went through and kind of saw where his influences lied and who he influenced. And but I, I wouldn't say that I have like a great knowledge. But um, you know, it's funny when you look through this list that we have for this this year. It's it is so overwhelming. The amount of bands and like you said, the Velvet Underground, then he gives David Bowie of the Who, Bob Dylan, the band, Zeppelin, like everybody. I'm just like, oh, I need to listen to them more. I need to listen to them because and then you have you know, these people are releasing multiple albums like this year. Like you said, they released so much. <laughs> exactly. There's all so of much these going guys. On. Yeah. All of these bands, their discographies are just just you know, it's as big as the years they were active type of thing. Yeah. And even um, like Crosby, Stills, and Nash, they released yep. their self-titled, which was their debut, you know, coming from the ashes of B- the Buffalo Springfield. And um, that one has the song Sweet, Sweet Judy, Blue Eyes on yep. there, which is just such a such a masterclass in vocal harmony. And it's got one of my favorite bitter lyrics. So, you know, it's, it's a good breakup song. And there's a really great lyric in there. And it says, don't let the past remind us of what we are not now. Um, you know, you got to take those rose-colored glasses off sometimes and and realize when it's time to jump ship. And we can thank Crosby, Stills, and Nash for that reminder there. Um, another person who's uh, a favorite of Grunge Bible, uh, Nick Drake, released Five Leaves Left. Um, right. He was only 21. I wrote the same thing. I wrote that so down. only 21 this... when that sucker came out. I wrote first, first album, so he has 
you know, and then you know, six years later, he passed, and he only had three yeah. albums total. And this was his first yeah, one. Yeah, this and, one is Briar Later and Pink Moon, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is this has one of my favorite songs by him in Saturday Sun. I absolutely love yes. that song. Yeah, it's got um, a good piano piano hook to it, right? Yeah, beautiful, yep. beautiful piano. That's a honestly, that album is so good. It's all like strings based mm-hmm. and and very. Yeah, it's very soothing, and yeah, that's a great artist. That was that was when I saw that I was on the list. I didn't I didn't realize that. Yeah, twenty one years old, just yeah. a beautiful composition. That is a really nice album. Like you said, very very detailed with all the string string work. It seemed absolutely yeah, and it's and it's interesting too because you know starting out with something like that was there was a lot more produced than his last record, Pink Moon, which is certainly my favorite of of Nick Drake's. And um, yeah, in such a short time for an artist to make you know that big of a stylistic change and to kind of, you know, basically release an album that sounds like it could have been demos only a couple of years after five leaves left. And, you know, kind of looking through the list, um, even just, just today is talking to you. Now you, you really get a bigger appreciation for just the diversity of music that was out there and how many, how many pillars of, of that era were active in releasing, you know, great, great albums and great music. Um, I think there are a lot of parallels to the early 90s where there's really something for everybody because, I mean, even on this list, um, bands that and musicians that I don't really know much about that are certainly going to be talked about for the rest of time. I mean, the Stooges are on there. Frank Zappa's on there releasing records during this time. And um, it's one of those things. It's almost overwhelming, uh, you know, as, as a music fan. Uh, knowing that I, I would appreciate all of these records, but not having taken the time to listen. Um, it's kind of overwhelming. Like, where, where do you start with all of this? It's tough. It's absolutely. Um, Janis Joplin released an album that year as well. It was mm-hmm. a solo album. And then, yeah, the list the list is really immense. And I think about it a lot. I think about the music I listen to right now as it comes out. And I have such a better understanding of, like, where the artist is when they're releasing it, how yeah. the, you know they're the more of the framework of where it's coming from. And yeah, because I think that's something that has to be appreciated. It's like where where they were at in their well, in their progression. Yeah, and that's but that's the stuff that we're interested in too. Totally. So when we look back at these bands and we read about it, hear about it, it's like you could only you know read and understand so much versus like living experiencing you know Woodstock. You know you can only read about it, and yeah, see the exactly. videos and stuff. You can't. And you don't I, know and what I think, it, you don't know what it felt like to you know walk thirty miles to get to the show. Yeah, because that's the thing when we look back, you know, fifty years after the fact, you know, 50, 52, 53 years later, um, you have to remember that none of none of these albums were coming out in a vacuum, and none of these songs were being written in a vacuum, and and certainly, I mean, the socially conscious songwriter had such a home in the nineteen sixties with all of the turmoil. Uh, both domestically and internationally and all of the issues that were being grappled with. And, you know, if, if one thing, if it's one thing that I can always appreciate about songwriters, it's, it's their ability to commentate and to share thoughts and feelings on things that are happening around them. And I mean, even just Woodstock alone, um, all of those musicians were very, very socially conscious and they were not afraid, um, not afraid to use their platform and, and their talents to, to get messages across and to fight for things they believe in. Um, I know Ethan, I believe, didn't you do a school report on country Joe and the fish or something? Did I, am I remembering this right? You, I, I, we, it's funny you brought that up. I was thinking about this. We did, it was, um, I believe it was 10th grade or ninth grade, but we did, yeah. we did Woodstock in general. We had to pick, we had to pick a, 
it was for social studies. We had to pick a, a history, a moment in history that had in, was influential and whatnot. And we we chose Woodstock, and I did like a a three D presentation. It was it could have been way better. I would actually love to pull up and see what I. I remember my dad helped me a ton. Let's on make that. it again. Let's <laughs> yeah, do I'm, it. <laughs> I'm redoing it. But yes, I absolutely did like a a, a project on Woodstock, and. Um, I probably would love to do it a lot more now than I did back in when I was you know, 15 years old and had no idea. Yeah, 100%. I'll have to ask my dad about that because I guarantee he he knows he'll. Remember oh, I'm sure more. I'm sure he will he will remember he the project. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the truth comes out. I'm going to tell your teacher. <laughs> yeah, they knew too. So, um, yeah, as long as long as they knew. So another another band that released multiple albums in this year, the. Uh, well, you made a tweet yesterday that made me that made me laugh. Uh, do you do you know? Can you recite it off the top of your head? I absolutely do, and uh, it's funny. This is the next one that I had to speak about: the mighty Creedence Clearwater Revival. And I had the thought yesterday. Um, I was I was out having some some beverages, and um, you know, it occurred to me: what was Creedence Clearwater, and why did it need to be revived? Why did it die in the first the big place? Revival, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love I love a big revival, you know, as much as the next guy. And, um, you know, the record from this this year that, that certainly is top of mind for me from them is uh, Bayou Country. Um, it's got some of the greatest summertime songs, uh, I think, ever written with Born on the Bayou, Proud Mary. And, and a favorite of mine is actually Keep on Chuglin. Yeah. And um, a, uh, an ancient ancestor in my life of the Into the Flood text um, was back when I was in high school, one of my good friends, you know, obviously getting into Credence around that time. Um you know, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'm keeping on chugling. You just you just gotta keep <laughs> keep on chugling. To this day, I'm, I'm I'm not entirely sure what it means to chugle, um, but I I feel like I feel like we embody we embody what that means. Hopefully, and yeah. if it's bad, then we don't. But um, you know, cre- I mean, credence is so in that year. Yeah, first they yeah. they released Bayou Country was first, then they released yep. Green River. Green River came out that year too. Green River came out in August, and then Willie and the Poor Boys came out after that. So they had three major albums. No so, fucking Willie and the Poor Boys. The, they hit the hat trick. They hit the hat trick all in the oh same year. Oh my goodness! And, you know, because I was looking at it, and I was like looking at songs that came out in '69 by them, yeah. and I saw I saw Chuglin, and I saw Bat, uh, you know. But then if you you go to Green River and you know Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, and even Green River itself, just like some of their best songs, all all in yeah, the same Lodi. That's such a great down on your luck song. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and and these these records that Credence put out and their entire discography, they're you just gotta let them play. And and that's a band that I continually they have so many hits and so many sing along songs that a lot of people know. Um, but I just let them play yeah, sometimes. Lodi. I'm surprised at how good. Like the B sides are, you know, from from right. from Credence. I mean, like a song like "Keep on Chuglin." And they just had, they captured something, you know, that year and, and and during their time as a band together, they captured something special and something unique. I think they're one of those bands that you could listen to, you know, ten fifteen seconds of any of their songs, and you know that it's Credence. They just kind of have that that specific style about them, and it just it sounds it sounds like the late sixties. It sounds like. The Fogarty, summertime, it, yeah, it's it's Fogarty, Fogarty. and, and I, I I know multiple people that contend that John Fogarty is the greatest rock voice of all time, and honestly, I don't want to fight them on that. You know? No, I mean, if you're talking like most recognizable and just cuts through like simple, yeah. like beautiful, 
you know, summertime voices. Mm-hmm. The folk, I mean, even Fogarty's Willie and the Poor it. Boys, I mean, none of these yeah. songs miss. I mean, no. Down on the Corner, Cotton Fields is on there. Fortunate Son, obviously. I mean, if that's one song that embodies the 60s and, and the Vietnam era, it's got to be Fortunate Son. Midnight Special is on there. Uh, you know, a lot of these taken from the old blues tradition, obviously. But Side of the Road is also a fantastic Credence song. Um, Don't Look Now, Feeling Blue. I mean, so many of these songs. Um, Boom. Three albums, one year. Like, how? You know, that's like how 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 do they do that, man? Nineteen sixty nine. That's so the hell of a year. I'm sure there's people listening out there, and that maybe you probably know the backstory. Maybe they they planned it or something. So you know, cut us a break when it comes to really knowing uh, the background of how they released three albums at you know at one time. But yeah, um, you know, it's it's awesome. It really is. It was really cool to kind of go through the year and look at all look at all the stuff that is that came out and just yeah and and and, and, and another... see what songs really stuck like you said yeah. like I mean they released those three and obviously we're hoping for them all to be hits but like I mean there I remember I think I read something and was like you know nine of the nine out of the top ten songs for of that year I think you know were from. CCR or something, something crazy be surprised. like that. Yeah, yeah something... and, and and speaking to the fact, you know, you have Credence releasing three albums in one year. Somebody else who seemingly every single week at that time was releasing something new, Joni Mitchell, uh, yeah. and that's another artist that I I have such appreciation for, but I'm not super well read on, and and it's definitely she's definitely on the list of artists that I really need to kind of get into yeah. more and, and and appreciate. And, and just spend more time with the music. But Clouds came out uh, in 1969. Um, and, and the one that I take from that is uh, Chelsea Morning. And I mean, talk about one of the great songwriters of the era as well. Um, and, and there was really, similarly to the 1990s in Seattle, I mean, there was a really kind of uh, friendly, fraternal element to the music that was going on then. And I mean, Joni Mitchell, obviously spending a lot of time collaborating and, you know, shooting ideas back and forth with the CSNY gang and everything like that but I mean really just such a such a special year and um yeah it's it, like you you can count on one hand really the the years that were that special for music and really kind of changed the direction of music and and you know in one 365 day cycle so much was given to us and so much was put out that I mean, here we are, you know, over 50 years later, we're still talking about them. You still hear these songs all the time and people still love them. I mean, these songs don't get old. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you talk about like a gimme shelter. You talk about uh, the night they drove old Dixie down. I mean, the fact that, you know, hundreds of people have covered these songs, hundreds of people have millions of people have enjoyed them and, and yep. even to this day people are still discovering this stuff and and just the staying power that a lot of this this music has had is really really impressive because there's obviously there's eras that age better than other eras and i, I think in terms of modern american music like post-war music um you know this is this is one of the most enduring eras uh you know you could put it up with any of them uh and this yeah. is this is a year and this is an era that you know, you're never going to stop talking about. And I think that's the greatest compliment that you can give uh, for the era, for the year, and for the people that were making the music happen. Um, you know, the fact that we're sitting here talking about it today. Yeah, it's pretty epic. Um, 
editorial, yeah, I guess the CCR, they had top, they had nine top 10 hits in from 69 to 71, even outset it, outselling the Beatles in 69. You're so, damn right they outsold the Beatles. That's right. So CCR was a top. America's domestic answer to the British invasion. <laughs> John Fogarty and the gang <laughs> just ripping into it. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. And yeah, 1969, a year to remember for those who came into this world, for the shows that were played. And for the music that came out, and we're still listening to it. And yeah. I have to say, why is it that they, 1969 is mentioned so often um, in music? And I, I, I think a lot of the reason 1969. <laughs> oh, we have an like involuntary salvo of, uh, of song. What, what song do we have out there? Summer is that what of 69, I think it is? of course. The summer of 69. I was, trying to, I was just going to pull it up to see when it came up. On uh, Spotify, but so what are your thoughts on that song? R- written by Brian Adams, correct? Yeah, Brian Adams, "Summer of '69." Well, that's, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna like re- look through some of the lyrics and see if I can, you know, pull, pull, pull out some beautiful stuff. It was the I mean, summer of '69. He got his first real six string. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a great song. I mean, I love it. It's, it's high energy. It's real big. Um, Jimmy quit and Jody got married. I should have known we'd never get far. I mean, just some. Some great stuff. I don't really, I haven't listened to a ton of, wait, no, I haven't listened to a ton of Brian Adams in my day. Not to be uh, confused with Ryan Adams, who we, yes. we have canceled on our, on our yes, podcast. We, we, don't, we, don't we, talk we have canceled uh, Ryan Adams, which, hearkening back to what we were speaking about before, I really enjoyed Whiskey Town and some of the solo stuff, but this is not a, not a Ryan Adams safe zone. But I get Brian Adams Brian a slide, Adams I guess. Ryan Adams is good. Yeah, I, I mean, guess we have to. But oh. yeah, I guess there's just it, it, it's easier to rhyme, you know. I mean, like I got my first real six string in 2015. Uh, you know, that doesn't really have the same flow that you know, summer of '69 and um, later Those on. Those were the best days of my life. You know? Yeah, I mean, they really were. I mean, we were there. It was uh, it was really really fantastic. But it's funny. So um, as as time has gone on at, at different points, um, uh, Brian Adams has contended that the song is actually not about the year, but it is about the sexual position. Uh, that is conflated with this number. Although there, there, that's the thing. When you put something out that's like the you can you can come 69. up with any background story that you want. Um, case in point, I think Pearl Jam. There's like five or six different origin stories that Eddie, Jeff, Stone, whoever have have uh, you know have mentioned as being the origin story for the name Pearl Jam. I guess it's the same thing with the summer of '69. I mean, it could be about one of two things. I guess you pick you pick what he's talking about. <laughs> Could be both. Yeah, that's that's really funny. I didn't know that. But that just goes to show you, you can you can write a song about evidently something like that, and it can still be a classic. I mean, I think about the song "Night Moves" by Bob Seger, which is just about you know doing inappropriate things in the back of a car, um, you know, with with you know your high school lover, and mm-hmm. it's still a classic. I mean, some yeah. I guess it doesn't matter what you sing about sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, uh, what's the one song? "I'll Be Watching You" by. Uh... Um, it's like that typical like end of movie like dance yeah. high school dancing. It's actually about mm-hmm. stalker. Like, yeah, well, same thing know, with um, like... Crash by Dave Matthews is about like a peeping tom like watching somebody through their window. Um, it's it's some of those things that like I like Crash by Dave like I love that song. I could have done without learning what it was written about. Right. Um, but I mean, hey, when you when you like a song, you you commit to all of it, and you know you can <laughs> choose what it means to you. Um, so I guess with this song, you, you have a couple of options oh. on what it means to you. 
Yeah, every breath you take by the police, not Obi-Wan. That's yes. just the title. Every yep. breath you take. You're, yeah. you're right. That that song has been in every movie. Yeah, uh, it's a every good, movie ever. Yeah. Really good. And that's how I actually when just when we were talking about the birthdays, yeah. um, I was just envisioning in my head like Gimme Shelter playing over the top of it and Oh like, my god, just, yeah. Happy you know, saying happy birthday on the radio in sixty nine to like, you know, this you know, Dave Grohl was born in Warren, Ohio, or you know, these guys yeah, were born. Where the hell, yeah, and exactly. like you know, the, the stones are playing behind. So that's how I pictured uh it's that the same part with of, that fortunate part of the son. Show. You can yeah. put Fortunate Son in the background yep. of any life or movie event and it just makes it automatically more badass. Um, right. I mean, that's just that's just the way that it goes. Um, a lot but, of CCR stuff you could do that with. Oh my too. god, all of it! Just all rip it. it, just put it all out there. I mean, that's that's one thing. This is, uh, and, and it makes sense, and it's I can only perfect. See it, yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> only perfect that we're doing this podcast here in the middle of July, which is peak CCR well, sure. season. <laughs> it's like um, it's like one of those things. Have you ever seen the meme where um, people will take like the Google search frequency uh, for Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas Is You" and it skyrockets in December? I imagine the same thing happens for CCR in the month of July yes. and during yes. the real dog days of summer here in the states. It's just business is booming for John and the boys, I guess. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm certainly contributing to it. My yeah. my CCR consumption. I look uh, forward to it every year. Skyrockets skyrockets during the summer um one one brief notice because this is the grunge bible podcast and i feel obligated it's a great song too there's a song by babes in toyland called sweet 69 uh which is uh, a a favorite of mine to post uh on grunge bible and it's just they're, they're such a great band and 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 i need to listen to them more and i need to post them more uh because ethan we are tastemakers and we do have the ability to influence uh hundreds of thousands of people through the instagram and facebook pages so um, I feel like uh, I don't think about that sometimes, and I end up posting a lot of a lot of stupid shit. But um, that's 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 a band that I gotta gotta get out into the world a little bit more because they sweet were sixty nine, sweet sixty nine. That's oh so sweet. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. Toyland. Yeah. Um, sixty nine. Awesome. I mean, there's a Taste lot of nice makers. things about this number and about this about this year and about this era. Yeah, I'm glad that we're able to able to it. discuss it here today. Glad we're able to beat this dead horse. Okay. That is 69. That's what we do here at the Grunge Bubble Podcast. Yeah. We, we find in. a horse, we beat the hell out of that thing. That's right. That's right. Um, so if you're still listening, thank you very much for your support. Um, because if you are listening, that means that you are committed to supporting this uh damn podcast. So that's pretty amazing. Like I said, the um the listens and stuff that all means something so totally just give it a listen that does good job that does good work for us keep sharing it yeah leave a review if you'd like 100 um, percent. and uh, we'd like to thank our producer drew mcfadden we would like to thank everyone that's listened that's given a review that's thinking about doing it um everyone that follows the pages interacts sends us all sorts of messages we appreciate that um as we said at the top of the episode who do we represent we represent each and every one of you. Um, we're all out there together on the line, sharing in music, uh, trading ideas and feelings and thoughts back and forth, because uh, that's what you have to do with art. It's important. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm really happy that I'm able to do this every single week with you, Ethan. And I'm very happy that I get to do this every single week with everyone out there who's listening. So it really is, um, you know, we we joke around out here, but... You know, we break some balls now and then, but we, you and I, Ethan, we go way back and, uh, on this podcast, we go, we go way back and it's, uh, it's, it's nice to be here. It absolutely is. It is. It really is. Yeah. Um, so before, before we close things down and get some song of the week, uh, it does pain me to say, uh, um, yes, 
I think last week we thought it was going to be the final, the final update, but now that it is officially in the books, um, the Jerry Cantrell Brighton tour has, uh, for all intents and purposes, come to a close on the 10th and 11th of July. Uh, they rocked Tel Aviv two nights back to back. And, um, I just want to read, um, Greg Prichado, uh, made it, made an Instagram post, uh, at the conclusion of the tour. And, uh, this is straight from the horse's mouth. And he says, it's been a fucking shot of life to share the stage with all of the absolute badasses that have taken part in the tour over the last four months. Thanks to everybody for bringing the heat every night and for the crew who kept shit running smooth. This gang is riding one more time this year at Louder Than Life Fest in September. Otherwise, get out and catch Jer on the Alice in Chains tour this summer, which I am absolutely planning to do. And Ethan, it seems like uh, the podcast episode, which will come out after Louder Than Life Festival, which is the uh, 22nd through 25th of September later this year, um, we're going to have to uh, pick it back up with the Jerry Cantrell Brighton updates then. But man, it's been it's been fun following this tour. Hell yeah, it's been fun. I mean, anytime you get to see one of your favorite artists go out there and, you know, get, give great performances for, what, six months, you know? Like, yeah. when they, when did they start? Like, I guess Domestically probably, probably and internationally. Months. I believe they started in March or February, yeah. so it's been, it's been a long time. And uh, I'm really happy that everybody, uh, you know, people that we know, people from overseas, wherever, right. whenever, were able to go out there and experience it because... Uh, Certainly, you know, the year's only half over. I've gone to probably 10 or 11 shows. I have 10 or 11 more to do this year. Uh, but it's it's going to be uh, it's it's going to be on the short list for the best ones that I've gone to this year. And uh, I'm very glad that they were out there. And I'm glad that uh, you were able to go, Ethan. And I'm glad yeah. a lot of people were able to go and experience it. So I, I would like to thank the band and, and the crew for making everything run smoothly and for giving us those moments in time. Uh, you know, that's there's few things better in this world than the connection that you can get uh, when you're when you're being privy to live music, especially from Jerry fucking Cantrell. So now that we have closed the Jerry Cantrell Brighton Tour book, I think that it's time that we open up another book, open up the next chapter of what we're going to be checking in on. And it's got to be Jackson Brown, Chris. Uh, a new update. <laughs> it does. You're right. So Jackson Brown is out there, and he is actually going to be in Philadelphia this Sunday. My dad, no shit. My dad texted me and said Jackson Brown's going to be in Philly this Sunday. And I'm not sure if he's going to go, but maybe Andy could go somebody. But um, last week we were on, on air talking about how he's playing Red Rocks on um, September 25th. And the tickets are now $280. They went down like $400, I think, from the first time I looked. Yeah. So Chris and I are now even more so. I feel like it's a sign. Yeah, apparently, we're in striking range now. Apparently, apparently Red Rocks is that's how they all the tickets are. I've never been, but apparently all the tickets are going to be at least I think at least like one thirty. Like that might be the right. lowest. So Jackson Brown is out there on the road delivering shows night after night. Um, we'll have we'll be very we'll be more in depth next year uh, or next week. I mean, I believe we actually looked up a few set lists to see exactly if what he was playing and he says no business rocking these rock no these like cities. some of these songs have no business going as hard as they do and 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 i don't want to spoil it for you ethan and i didn't spoil it for myself but i did see seems like every single show he opens with somebody's baby which is just i mean that song has no business doing what it does to all of us and it is it is a banger of all bangers i put it up against every band's best song i mean i think i think it wins every time I do too, and that means that if we do go to the show, that we are not going to risk being late. If that no, is absolutely not. <laughs> as soon we as that piano comes in up. on somebody's baby, we're going to be right there. 
Um, so apparently he's playing in Philadelphia. We're gonna keep it up, keep an update, yeah. uh, updated schedule on his. Yeah, we'll have all, we'll have all the all all the deets for the Jackson Brown disciples out there, and we'll keep you posted on exactly what we're gonna do. Are we gonna pull the trigger or oh, not? Yeah. I mean, the more we talk about it, it's gonna be hard to st- say no. But two hundred eighty dollars is a lot, you know. Yeah. I think what's the, the what's the most we've paid for? We paid Pro the Jam most I paid for a time. show. I think is one sixty. And it was the first Pearl Jam concert. The first right? Pearl Jam show. We paid 160 maybe 170 to get in there. Yeah. yeah. Ticketmaster, ticket man. Yeah. Classic. Nihilists, Ethan. For That's nose, who they please. are. Yeah. Now, that yeah. was a, it was actually pretty good seats. I, I, yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. I think I think it'll be worth it. But uh one one great idea that we got is that uh I think we need to open up that uh Grunge Bible Road Trip playlist and take some suggestions over on Patreon. Uh that was mm. a great, great message that we got. And uh, I think I look forward to doing that. Hopefully we can set up a little submission box over there on the Patreon website. So uh, if there's something that you want us to listen to, because if it's on that list, we will listen to it on that road trip. Uh, You know what to do. It takes two bucks to, uh, to, I guess, put in a song submission for us. So I look forward to uh, setting that up and and seeing what everybody has to, uh, has to offer for the great grunge Bible road trip of 2022. And that gets closer and closer with each passing week. I'm looking forward to that, and um, I'm kind of speaking of of songs and song suggestions and song submissions. I believe we've arrived at our final segment, which would be song of the week on episode 69. Um, you know, this is the 69th time that we've been able to endorse a song. Sometimes more than yeah. one song. Sometimes, uh, sometimes a few of them. Sometimes it's the same song. But you know, the 69th time. This uh, this is very nice. I'm glad that we're here, and um, it feels good. It's only fitting. I'll go. I'll go first. It's only fitting that I actually. I actually messed up earlier. Uh-oh. I was. I was. Uh, you know, doing some research, looking at the songs and stuff, and, and I went to add two songs to the road trip playlist that we're making. And naturally, I just put, I accidentally added them to the songs of the week. It's like you knew. So, so I. So there's two songs that that are now on both playlists, but I'm not going to take them off because no, you they, can't. Yeah, once once it's on there, it's well, on they, there in indelible ink. There's no erasing. That's right, because they it came out. They both came out in '69. So, uh, the the night they drove old Dixie down, and Sweet Jody Blue Eyes made songs of the week for this, and they're two great ass yeah. songs. So, yeah, I have no problems nope. with those being yeah. on the list. Exactly, they're on both. I mean, yeah. they're beautiful road trip songs, but um, they're also what you guys should be listening to, and that's why we have this playlist. So, boom. Yeah, the I band love that. and Crosby, Stills and Nash. That's fantastic. All right, Chris, you're up. Yeah, so so for me, so we're sitting down uh, on Thursday, July 14th, uh, to record this show. It's coming out on the 18th of July, I believe. But uh, more importantly uh, than either of those two things, on Friday, July 15th, I'm getting a new tattoo. Uh, I am uh, I'm 23 hours away from uh, going under the needle, I guess, and uh, I'm getting a Mark Lanigan tattoo tomorrow. And I'm, I'm very excited about it. I, I, I'm hopeful uh, I'll be able to share it uh, once I receive it. So I think it's only fitting. Mark's been on the mind uh, certainly ever since he's passed and certainly this week as I go to get that on my body. But uh, my song of the week is going to be another one from Mark, and it's going to be Methamphetamine Blues. Mm-hmm. And um, like all of Mark's catalog, I love it dearly. I enjoy it frequently. And uh, this song is no different. Um, it's just a really, really great song. It kind of... The beginning sounds kind of abrasive in the best way possible, and um, he made a lot of a lot of solo records, and a lot of his solo efforts really challenge you, uh, listening wise, and they're not what you might expect from the, you know, Screaming Trees singer. But that's why I love Mark, and uh, I've been listening to this song quite a bit, and uh, for that reason, it's going to be my song of the week. 
That's a good one. Yeah, I saw you post that on the uh, yeah on earlier the story, today. So. I believe I posted that. Yeah, yeah. So it's probably still up there. That's oh, yeah. awesome. Really good. Yeah. I, I am excited for this tattoo. I didn't yeah, see me it the too. final. I've been needing one. I, I've I've gone I about we've... eight months, nine months yeah. without getting one, so I'm due. I have as well. I've been I've been doing the. I've been we thinking still the exact we still need to things. get one together, Ethan. We do maybe road trip. Ooh, maybe California. That's... I'd love to do that. Yeah, that's, let's I let's make that's... let's let's see if we can't make that happen, brother. We'll have a few options. Um, but yeah, I know we talked about a few different designs and stuff, and I, I'm assuming that you're gonna probably tell the artists and see what they have in mind and then they're going to craft it do you have pretty much it already yeah out? so I, I i gave my ideas uh, to my artists that i work with uh about a month ago when i made the appointment and uh, they've been working hard uh presumably uh, to come up with an idea <laughs> but that's what i do my artist i i trust her and um you know i give her the idea and i just let her run with it and uh, she hasn't 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 betrayed me yet nor will she ever so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what ends up on my body tomorrow that's cool yeah. Well, we'll all be looking forward to that. So, absolutely. Um, all right, and that does it for episode sixty-nine, the Woodstock Grunge sweet, Bible episode. Sweet sixty-nine. Sweet sixty-nine. The sweet Leaf, Green River, all the above. So, all that. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us your time. We hope we did a good job. Um, if you are, you know, if you were born in that time and we messed up a few different things, uh, sorry about that. But it's the way she goes. That's so. how it. Yeah. Yeah, it is what it is. So, uh, have a great week. We'll be back next week. Yeah, shirts off. We did it. Who knows? We did it. Uh, (laughs) So, Chris, it was a pleasure. It's always a pleasure, Ethan. And uh, to everyone out there listening, thank you for your time. Uh, I hope you are enjoying life, doing what you want to do, because uh, that's what we got to do. That's all we have. Yep. Rock and roll. Have a great week, guys. Rock and roll, everybody. See ya. We got the patron. We do. We have a. Did we get a new one? Was yeah, it we this? did. Col- yeah. Colin's a patron now. That was Colin. Incredible. Another one of my friends giving me money, giving us money. Um, Love it. All right, you ready? <laughs>